promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 32. How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is the person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle or else it will not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. You righteous ones, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Amen. Our reading today comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding, Because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin in order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living and they slander you. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is an awesome text. I love this portion. Of the, well, I, I love all of 1 Peter. But here we're, we're coming off the tail end of uh, uh, talking about undeserved suffering, talking about Christ's suffering on the cross, talking about Christ's suffering for us. And here it, it begins again with this, therefore, be, because of all these things, with all of these things in mind of uh, it, it being better to suffer uh, for doing good, uh, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. That's verse 17 of chapter 3. Uh, that uh, Therefore, because Christ also suffered for sins once for all, meaning once for all time, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. Uh, that's verse 18. Because baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of the dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because therefore, all these things, since Christ suffered or, or suffered on our behalf or suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding 
that that Christ was a human being. That that's one of the things that 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 should should ground us a little is that we tend to see Christ in a very non-human uh, understanding. We we tend to see Christ as this this godlike figure, which he is. Uh, he is God in the flesh, but we often remove from him any semblance of his. Uh, uh, humanity. Uh, we we like we like the God Jesus, uh, but we we tend to 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 move away from the human Jesus because we can't imagine that he you know he had the frailty of what mortality brings, and yet he had to sleep, and he had to eat, and he had to leave uh, many people behind and go off by himself alone. He was an introvert, just if you're wondering. <laughs> he he had to do all of these things. And then he was human enough that he died, but he was God enough that he was able to control when he died. That um, that that we need to understand that that Christ was this fleshly being. That that we that we need to understand that he was uh, as human as they come. And so that then we we don't see his suffering as going well. That's something beyond us. It's only the suffering that a God person would handle or whatnot. And instead, realize that that it, he he was Christ. He was God uh, Himself, the Son of God in the flesh, the Word of God made manifest for us. And yet, He was a human being that was able to suffer. And we we arm ourselves also with the same understanding that if Christ was not. Uh, able to avoid suffering, then we shouldn't imagine that we are going to be able to avoid suffering. Because then he adds this addendum to it here in verse one, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. It's this notion of embracing the reality of suffering, uh, realizing that suffering is going to come, that that life is hard, that right now we live in a broken creation, that it was good when, when God created it, but because sin and evil have invaded the world, suffering is going to come, especially to the righteous. It's going to come to the righteous because the ones who are evil, the ones who are wicked, the ones who are godless, the ones uh, who have, have not uh, turned themselves to, to Christ, have not been captured by the Spirit, uh, the, the old sinner in all of us, let me put it that way, the old sinner in all of us is going to attack the new man as much as he can. Because the, the old Adam in us, this old sinner, does not want to die. Just like you and I, we, we don't really like the idea of death. But the old Adam has to die so that the new Adam comes forward, the new you, the, the old you, the old sinner you, the, 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 the you who likes to do his own thing, the you who uh, likes to turn away from God and go after the things that we're going to talk about here in just a second has to be put to death. And the new you has to be raised up with Christ in order that you desire what it is that Christ gives to you, which is life and salvation, forgiveness of sins. And so when he's saying that uh, we have to to, we have to realize that Christ was a human being and suffering came to him. This, this suffering was not part and partial to the godly Jesus, but was part and partial to the human Jesus who, who suffered at the hands of sinners because we wanted to kill him because we didn't like the idea of forgiveness. And we still don't. We don't like the idea of the necessity of reconciliation between us and God. 
we, we want our own power. We want our own kingdom. We don't like the fact that God has a kingdom and he's going to be ushering it in. And so then when it says, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin, what it means is that when we get to the point in, in which we, we have, have realized that suffering is going to come to us and, and we don't flee from it, although we, if we have the possibility, we should. Uh, we're told that regularly in the scriptures and the church fathers and everything. If we can avoid suffering, by all means, it's, it's not like we, we go into it as a martyr. But the one who is done with sin in the sense of the one who is done with, done with godlessness is the one who has been captured by faith to trust God in the dark captured by faith, trust God in the chaos, captured by faith to trust that God will be with us when everything else fails. And so that we come to suffering and say, not my will, but yours be done. That is the work of faith in us. That's the work of the spirit in us. That is what we need from God to work in us. Because then he goes on to say, in order, uh, because you embrace the suffering, because you are done with sin, because you've had this mindset in your mind of of, uh, this this, this understanding, this this same attitude, the same perspective, you live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. Uh, Sin, uh, that... the the working of sin in our flesh being the working of our own desires of what it is that we want it's the reason why we have the commandment about coveting we've talked about this that we have this whole list of of nine commandments given to well eight commandments if you're lutheran or catholic (laughs) that are given to us that we think okay we can handle these these things i haven't killed anybody i haven't cheated on my wife i haven't stolen anything in a long time Uh, i haven't lied recently um you know, although I did tell somebody that Santa Claus was real, uh, just kidding. <laughs> but, but then we get to coveting, right? And coveting is all about desires, and 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 in some sense, that is where all these other breaking of the commandments—that murder, adultery, theft, lying—all stem from these desires, these wants. To, to live not for the things that we want and desire, not to live. When we live for the things that we want or desire, we flee from every single kind of suffering because when suffering comes, it normally attacks the things that we love, specifically outward things, cars, houses, clothes, jobs, bank accounts, food, drink, whatever the case may be. Those things might get denied us or they might get destroyed. And so, our, our, our sinfulness in us, the old us, the old you, then wants to do everything they can to protect those things. And so we, we need to have the working of the Spirit in us. We need to have God come to us and do this thing of saying, it's going to be okay. This word of faith, this word of gospel, that is what the good news is, is it's going to be okay. Even if you lose this thing, even if this thing gets destroyed, even though you, you'd spend all this time trying to work on this thing and it's going to be gone, it's going to be okay. And that is God's will for our life, that we might hear that gospel and believe it and trust that it is true. Because then he talks about there's been enough time spent on all these other things. 
and doing what the Gentiles or what the nations choose to do. I like that word better than, than Gentiles. Carrying on in unrestrained behavior, not being restrained in, in our desires, evil desires, it says, uh, uh, drunkenness, because it, not that necessarily drunkenness is bad, but it is bad when what comes from it, whether it's you beat your wife, uh, you cheat on your spouse, you drive drunk and kill somebody, you drive drunk at all, um, whatever the case may be, orgies, I'm not going to expound on that, carousing, uh, just, you know, partying at all hours when there's other things that you could be doing, um, and lawless idolatry setting up little idols in our lives to to whatever deity we think we need to. And he says, they are, that is the nations. That is is people that are currently right now stuck in the old themselves. They're they're stuck in the old them. Uh, They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living and they slander you or, or uh, they blaspheme you. They speak evil against you. They rip you and try and tear you down. They're surprised that you're not doing these things. Why? Because they can't understand, which is why Peter sitting here saying, have this particular understanding of suffering in mind. Know that life is not about the next party. Life is about the working of God and God's will in your life and his call on your life, his electing of you in Jesus Christ to redeem you from the old you and to make you into the new you. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead, he says. We don't need to really expound on that because we confess that, right? That he's going to come and judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead. Uh, this, this is a weird thing because it kind of goes along with what he was talking about, Christ preaching to those who were in Sheol or limbo or whatever word we want to use for it. Here, I, I almost wonder if he's talking about those those old thems, the, the old yous, uh, that, that Christ is speaking to the dead you, that he might give life to the to, to raise up the new you, but also that is being preached to the dead so that the dead might know there's something coming. So that although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. Uh, this, this last portion makes me think that it is the, um, that it is the, the, the first, uh, understanding of how I wanted to look at it, right? The, the dead you, the old you, because it's the, the, how we go through our life is that we, we assume that we are being judged all the time, judged by the world and how we dress, what we drive, where we go to school, what job we have, how our kids do. How many of you are parents? Those of you who are listening in Finland and Germany and Japan and India and and so many other places, uh, you know, Minnesota, California, Virginia. How many of us are parents? And what ends up happening? Our kids do something, and we take it personally as though it's a slight against us when it is our child that it is their burden to carry. And yet, how does the world work? Usually, the world works in such a way that children bear the sins of the father and the fathers bear the sins of the children. 
all the time because we are that judgmental. Those are the human standards that we use. We use these standards of we think what is good and what is evil. We think we have the knowledge of those things. That was the sin in the garden when we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It opened our eyes to be able to let us think that we know what is right when we have no clue. We don't know what is right. And yet it is that those human standards judge us. And yet the good news of the gospel, this good news of it's going to be okay, was preached to the dead that they might know that they are not being judged by human standards. All those human standards are thrown out the window that how they're judged, God's standards. And what is God's standard? God's standard is Jesus. That when he looks at you, he sees Christ. That when God looks at you, he sees the new you in Jesus. And what you need to do is you need to have the spirit come and open your ears for you to hear that right now. That Christ is coming to make a new you. The invitation has been given. The party is planned. Everything is done. It is all finished. Let's not rely on what the world tells us matters and instead cling to Christ and what he has done. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give to us the increase of faith, hope, and love that we may obtain that which you do promise Make us to love that which you do command. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, prayers that things go well for you. Please share this if you enjoy this podcast at all, or even if you don't, but you think it's important, share it with others uh, that that we might expand our listenership so that, that more people can hear of the mercy and grace found in Jesus Christ. Well, until next week, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.